I think I came into this race really setting limitations on myself, right? I've always battled with feeling like I can't climb, I'm a bigger guy, and that's just been a sticking point. And I really shied away from races that had hills. Um, I've always tried to go with flat courses. When I qualified for St. George last time and I left before the spots were given out, I really didn't bother me that bad because I didn't really want to race here, honestly. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to do the hills. <laughs> I wanted a flat course. And uh, this time around, uh, you know, when we were in Maui, I went through the labyrinth and I, I let go of being a horrible uh, climber or that thought and just let it go. And, and today my goal was to not blow up on the bike, but, um, you know, really try and save it for Snow Canyon. And um, yeah, in my opinion, it was a success. It really comes to a point where, you know, I, I run a lot of hills. I do a lot of hill repeats. And so I've been in this this. Uh, this belief that I should ease up on the hill and then cruise it down. And I'm like, no, you run hills. So I go and attack hills now. So that's what I do. I attack the hill. I was going to say, BJ loves to attack the hills. I was following him at Mendocino 50K and as soon as we hit the hills, BJ's gone. I was like, oh, man. I feed off of people. I feed off of people immensely on the bike and on the run, you know. At least five or six times on the bike, I was, you know, lifting my hands up in the air and just, you know, feeding off of people and just screaming and yelling. And I just, yeah, I just, I love it. You know, it's, it's the fun part of the race, you know. Obviously, you go, you want to see how you do and, and, and you see your numbers and and race day, you know, all that hype. Um, but I during the race, I really feed off of other people's energy and I just... It's one of the best experiences for me during each and every race that I do. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm here in St. George, Utah with some pretty spectacular athletes. We are at the Ironman 70.3 World Championship and we are here to smack down the race. It is Saturday night. We've all been up since zero dark 30. I've got BJ Gumkowski, my normal co-host. I've got Juan Rocha and I've got Chris Elmore, all of who uh, raced today in St. George. And I have a co-host, Daniel Rentes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> you guys might know Daniel as Coach Daniel D. Money the vegan-powered athlete. He's one of our coaches here at Yogi Triathlete. And uh, I have asked him to be my co-host tonight. And he jumped at the opportunity. Am I correct? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you you picked the one guy with 19 stitches in his mouth to co-host. Good one. Good one. <laughs> let's, let's see how this goes. <laughs> Daniel did qualify, and he was to race today. But since you brought up the stitches, Daniel, why didn't you race today? Uh, got hit by a car. 15 days ago today, so not quite in the the right body to, to, to race today. <laughs> definitely the right mind, but definitely not the right body to race today. Was it tough to see everybody out there racing, and or is it just too far right now of a reach? It, it really wasn't as tough as I expected. This whole trip I really thought was going to be emotional, and I was going to have a hard time. Um, but it really wasn't tough. I mean, just being in this environment was good enough. I mean, I'm so glad I came. I've had a blast. 
um, just to see the team out there and cheer everybody on and friends from San Diego and just, you know, friends from across the country that we've met on Instagram. So it's, you know, I've, I've just had a great day. Awesome. Yeah. And we got to meet John, who's our podcast producer. He came down and met us over at Gaia's Garden Cafe. So he got to put some faces to the the names and the audio that he hears um, because you've been on the show a couple of times now, Daniel. All right. But uh, should we get this smackdown going? Absolutely. All right. I like you as my co-host. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So last week... We started to look at the weather and we saw a significant drop in temperatures, um, which held. It was cold in the mornings and then it would warm up to like this perfect kind of 60-ish, mid-60s. I think today was even like maybe dipping into the low 70s, but uh, the mornings were cold and I want to know how you guys prepared for the cold. Uh, Yeah, what did you do to prepare for the cold? I'm going to start with you, Chris. Mentally prepare? Oh, you knew I was going to ask that. Yeah, so go. Either, <laughs> well, to, well, to be honest, when we got the wave starts, I was kind of disappointed to see that we were, BJ and I and Daniel, if he had raced, would have been in the very last wave of the day, starting at uh, 9.17, right? So we're getting there at 5 something or 6 in the morning, and we're there. And I was really bummed, but as the weather got worse and colder and colder and colder, it actually, uh, um, I was really quite happy with it. And uh, so, yeah, just made sure I uh, bought a jacket this week when I got here because I wasn't quite prepared for how cold it was going to be. We did some some training outdoors, which helped a lot. We went and rode Snow Canyon, got out in it. So that helped uh, helped gauge exactly kind of what we needed to wear. So that helped. Did you do gloves or socks or toe covers? If I could have found toe covers, I would have bought them, but honestly didn't really need them today. Uh, I did uh, socks out of the water. I did arm covers and a jacket and gloves. And it was about 10 degrees warmer, I think, than the women's race yesterday. Those ladies had some cold temps. Juan, I'm going to throw it over to you. What did you do to prepare for the weather this morning? Initially, I was expecting, you know, a few weeks ago, and even months ago, I was expecting a warmer race, way warmer. I thought Utah, you know, southern Utah. I thought it was going to be a warm race. And then, obviously, the temperature dropped, brought jacket, brought arm warmers, brought a bunch of stuff. And then, just same as Chris, I was bummed that instead of being the last one, I was on the first wave. So I knew that was going to be super, super cold. Um, but um, just like Chris, I... You know, put on the jacket. I actually toweled off. Put a towel in my bag. I toweled off. I, I dried really quick as much as I could. And then put the jacket on. Uh, put some uh, some gloves on. And then uh, I did not have toe, war- uh, toe warmers either. But I did have some actual toe um, or hand warmers that I actually shared with Chris. And... <laughs> You know, for those uh, little uh, packs for the, when, when you ski. So I put some of those in little Ziploc bags and I stick it in my tri suit and that helped out a bit. So that was, you know, an extra little thing that, that I, was, I was able to do. Um, so, yeah, that was basically it. And did you, you snuck those into your suit for the bike? For the bike, uh-huh. Did you have a layer under your tri-suit? No, 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 no. I just stuck those. So as soon as I got on my bike, 
they were there, right there in my bento box. So I shook them a little bit, and then I put them right into my tri suit, and I had four packs. So two in one little baggie, and two in another one. And then I stuck in there also my uh, my salt pills and some nutrition. So I was like, I probably looked like Christian Blumenfeld in in Kona, you know, like like my chest must have been like. Boom. <laughs> but it worked out perfect, perfect, you know. And as I was coming off the bike, those little packets just, just boom, they just fell to the ground. And I looked back, I was like, oh, thank you. And then they, you know, the volunteers picked them up and everything. So it worked out perfect. So that was, I thought about that, you know, as I was packing my stuff back home, I saw those two. I was like, hmm, I didn't use them this last winter for skiing. Maybe they're going to come in handy for Snow Canyon and the rest. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and Juan shared those with me. So uh, I had originally planned to stick them in the top, kind of uh, behind my hands on my gloves. And then as we got there, I was talking to BJ, and BJ's like, you should just put them on top of your feet because you don't have toe warmers, like in between the, um, the top of your shoe and the top of your feet. So it's kind of on the veins. And I stuck them in there in transition, tightened my shoe down on top of them, and my feet were never cold at all. And I usually, my feet go numb. Well, my feet were numb, <laughs> definitely. But my chest yes, was, chest you know, my chest was cozy. I was more worried about my, you know, my upper body, and it worked out. But, you know, since it was 10 degrees warmer, it probably would have been a better idea to put it in my, uh, you know, as yeah, you, you were like on top of my shoes. You were hoarding them up top. You yeah. could have. I mean, you shared them with Chris. You could have shared them with your feet. <laughs> so yeah, because yeah, during the bike, I well, we'll get to that. But yeah, it would have been probably better. Yep. BJ, you're up. <laughs> well, I had this belief that the worlds were the same time as they were last year, and there wasn't going to be any wetsuit, and it was going to be warm. And really warm, and uh, uh, I forgot to really notice that it was four weeks after the the race that we had last year. So it was definitely going to be colder. Um, so uh, yeah, I I definitely took everything that I could um, gather at home. I don't have a lot of stuff, um, but I took all my jackets, uh, my toe covers, um, gloves, jacket. Arm warmers, knee warmers. I put a, a buff over my head under the helmet, and I was I was really warm. Um, I was never too hot or too cold. I was actually perfect the whole ride. And there was one moment uh, where it was getting really warm. When we were going, we got really warm. About mile ten, the sun came out. But then it, as soon as we got another twenty miles, the sun uh, tucked away again. I was really glad I had that. And then the descent down from. Oh, the top of Snow Canyon. So glad I had that jacket. But toe covers on the on the on the bike, and I use socks, which I don't normally use on the bike. How did you? I'm going to stick with you, Beach. How did you handle like being the last wave? Right. So you didn't go off until like quarter past nine, and um, but you caught the bus at six. So now you've got over three hours there that nothing's happening. So how did you manage? the nutrition piece of it this morning and and did you did you do that well I think I did it well I really do I I usually have something 3 hours before race start so that would mean 6:15 I'd be eating and for me I didn't want to eat on the bus and I kind of wanted to test out eating earlier 
So I actually got up at four and ate at four twenty, uh, my regular meal. So I got that in. So it's like what five hours before I was going to go. So I brought uh, leftover pancakes from yesterday, a banana, and uh, oh, in the gel right before the swim. So I feel like I managed it well. I took an extra a bottle of Goo Roctane mixture, which I was sipping on. But I think I think it was it was good. I I was warm enough, but I understood that with the time frame, you're going to be burning more calories because you're cold. Like you're just trying to stay warm. Um, so yeah, I think I did. I think I did really well with it. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Because you were in that same wave. Did you bring second breakfast into T1? Yes, not quite as much food as BJ, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I switched it up. Usually I do the uh, English muffin and uh, peanut butter, banana, uh, honey. But today, I because it was going to be cold, I felt like I wanted oatmeal. So I had oatmeal this morning and uh, then took uh, a bar and a uh, bagel. I stole one of Daniel's uh, cinnamon raisin bagels and uh, and was eating that in transition. And that felt uh, felt good. I went into the race feeling full. So Juan, was there ever a time, because a lot of times when it's cold like this, especially on the bike, knowing nutrition is so important, it's, a lot of times it's like, I don't know if it's a mind lapse or we just are too cold to like, to take in the nutrition. Did you ever have any kind of mental challenges or did you have an issue getting your nutrition in? Well, right off the bat, I had a nutrition issue. And it was, I think, the one mistake I made on the race. And the one mistake I did was I did not have my usual gel before the swim. Um, so what I did was I started asking people around, you know, I, as I was waiting right before the swim, I was asking for a gel, you know, people that were walking by, and then nobody had a gel. So this lady... She was like, oh, you know, but I have a, um, a wafer, honey stinger wafer. I was like, I'll take it. You know, so right before the swim, I down that down. It was, I needed like a little milk or something with it. <laughs> something, but I, I figured, you know what? I'm just going to go in the water and chuck some of that and <laughs> water it down. And that's what I did. So I had the, the wafer and... Uh, that was it. Other than that, I think I nailed my nutrition. Just as, as BJ said, I, th- I just bump up my, my nutrition by about, on the bike, I bumped it up by like 200 calories. So it was a good chunk. And on the run, uh, I stuck to my, you know, like one gel every 30 minutes. And that worked out perfectly. So um, I think I nailed it, just that one little issue at the beginning. But I think it worked out. And Juan, I'm going to stay with you. Uh, tell us about the swim. How was the swim? Because, uh, well, I guess sun is up at that point. It wasn't as dark. No, actually, no. The sun came up. I think it started coming up, what, past 8 o'clock? Yeah, a little past or, 8. Yeah, it was dark eight. here late. So yeah. I was a little worried with my dark tinted goggles, but it was fine. I was able to sight. Uh, my swim was a little rough. It was a little slow. Uh, I felt a little flat. But then I was like, you know, I'm just going to get through the swim and see what uh, what the bike will bring. But uh, it was rougher than I thought. And I, Like rough, like did you have contact? Yeah, I had a lot of contact. It was choppy. Uh, I was around a lot of people all the time. Um, I got swam over. 
I got kicked. I got like everything, you know, like a real championship swim. And that's what I was expecting. But the chop, I wasn't expecting as much chop. And just talking to other athletes, like uh, I was talking to Chris earlier, I think I should have swam a little way from the buoys. And I stuck like right next to the buoys. And I mean, but at the same time, it wasn't, you know, it, was just, it wasn't terrible. So, but yeah, that, that's, that's what happened. All right. So your swim, we're going to throw, we'll throw out the times too. Your swim was a 35.50. Is that typical for you or a little bit slower than normal? Yeah, it is slower. Like just a couple of weeks ago in Santa Cruz, I had a 30, I want to say a 31 or a 32. I can't remember, but so it was definitely slower. Um, and I, it was also challenging because in my mind, I felt so flat. So I was like, is this going to be my day? You know, is it going to be a flat day? But I was, you know, I kept calm, just got through the water. I was like, let me see what the bike what the bike will bring because that was my race you know my race was the bike even though this is a world championship but the bike was why why i was here for oh all right well we'll get to that i got a question beach (laughs) actually for everybody but since you got to see the women race yesterday knowing how cold the women had it back to the cold (laughs) um going to bed last night what was what was going on with the mind? Yeah, this is so. This is the second time watching the women in Kona on Thursday opened my eyes, and then watching the women on Friday opened my eyes. Uh, really brought awareness to um, in this experience to uh, to I, I was one hundred percent positive I was going to put on as much clothing as I could. Whereas before I was even talking with Jess, like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to put my knee warmers on. Maybe I don't need my jacket. But once I heard the post-race press conference too, where everybody was like, it was cold. Lucy Charles was talking about it. I was 100% going in with, and this is, this is the, the mental piece of it. Once you have that, once you take that off the block, like your mind doesn't think about it anymore because it's already decided. So then it, it goes on to the next thing. <laughs> when are you going to wake up? Is the alarm going to work? Like it's just constant. The mind is constantly bat- buying for your attention. So once I decided about the cold weather gear, it was actually pretty, just kind of moved it to the side. I'm just going to be as warm. I had one thought going into the day this morning when I was going to bed last night or sleeping where I was like, well, how cold is it going to be? Like my toes really going to be frozen? Am I going to get rid of the socks? Should I wear my sneakers or and all of that started to happen, but then I quickly shut it down. I just shifted to like none of that exists right now. Focus on your breath, go back to bed. Yeah. So tell us about your swim. Uh, my swim, I was kind of, uh, I didn't feel, I didn't feel in the flow on this swim. I was very erratic. I went, uh, I went on the outside as I've ever keep on doing. So I can sight both ways. I mean, I can sight and I can breathe both ways. So that's always helpful. I wore my clear goggles. The sun was bright. So it was just like, this is what we're doing. I know Chris was in in it with me. So we'd both have the sun in our eyes. And I got to that turn buoy and uh, just didn't feel like, that's when I started to breathe to the right. And I'm like, ah, this doesn't doesn't feel right. I felt like 
congested for some reason. So I got to the final turn buoy and headed in, and that's where I really felt the chop. Like the water all of a sudden was like super choppy, and I don't know if it was the boats, but it also smelled like gasoline. So <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> so I started to breathe to the right because that was away from the sun. Although the sun was kind of, it was back here. And when you when I breathe, I breathe more forward. So it really wasn't a, a big deal. But then as I was sharing with you, it was just I just shifted to like, yeah, so what? The swim's not going well. Just where's the next buoy? So I just went to the next buoy and then got past that one, just went to the next buoy and then to the next one, and then really just focused in on pulling water. Um, so I didn't feel like I felt in Santa Cruz at all. But you had a pretty good swim. You did a 30-50, and in Santa Cruz you broke 30 minutes, which was the first time you had broken 30 minutes. But I feel like 30-50 is... I'm that's so what, happy with 30-50 like, like, Are you kind of like, how did I get a 30-50? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Did I cut something, <laughs> cut a corner? Um because I've swam this course a few times now. Um, and it's just, it, the water is unpredictable. If that wind kicks up, if you get some chop, it's really... And I, I bet you it's because of that island is right there. Um, when you come in, and the it's, it's probably some backsplash from going up against the island from all the people. But anyway, yeah, I'm extremely satisfied with that swim. And then exactly one minute later, Chris Elmore comes out of the water. How was your swim? It went really well. I mean, I've talked before about kind of the anxiety that I've had since coming back to triathlon, panicking in the swim and, and things like that. And there was none of that. I came in and, and swam really easy to the outside. BJ and I started together. And I actually never saw you. Um, funny story. I, I, I thought I saw you. So I went out on the outside, swam really easy. I did not want to panic, didn't want to feel like I was uh, working too hard, and then made the turn. And I did notice the chop because I took a huge mouth of water on the way back in and got choked. And there was a panic that sat in there. It like, oh my God. <laughs> so I like got up, took some breath and then got right back in. But I was panicked there for a second that I wasn't going to be able to get my breath. I was choking. Um, but as I was probably, I don't know, three or 400 yards out, I look and I see a guy that has your wetsuit on. And I thought, that's BJ. And I dropped the hammer on the last few hundred yards to come out of the water before you. Wasn't you. Because <laughs> I was still a minute behind you. But I, that guy, I dropped the hammer on that guy for sure. Um, but yeah, I was trying to catch you in the swim. I thought that was you. But uh, I was one minute behind uh, BJ. But it felt great. It felt, I mean, that, honestly, that would have been probably my second fastest swim in, uh, in a half Ironman. Santa Cruz was the fastest. I was one second over 30 minutes, and this one was uh, you know, a little slower than that, but about two minutes faster than my previous fastest. Hey, Chris, we're going to stay with you. So moving on from the swim, getting onto the bike, putting your winter gear on, getting out there on the highway, how did your bike go? Way better than expected. I think I came into this race really setting limitations on myself, right? I've always battled with feeling like I can't climb, I'm a bigger guy, and that's just been a sticking point that, uh, and I really shied away from races that had hills. Um, I've always tried to go with flat courses. And when uh, I qualified for St. Uh, St. George last time and I left before the spots were given out, I really didn't bother me that bad because I didn't really want to race here, honestly. Um, 
<laughs> I didn't want to do the hills. <laughs> I wanted a flat course. And uh, this time around, uh, you know, when we were in Maui, you know, um, we did the, what's the circle called? I went through the, what is it? The labyrinth? Yes, I went through the labyrinth and I, I let go of being a horrible uh, climber or that thought and just let it go. And, and today my goal was to not blow up on the bike, but, um, you know, really try and save it for Snow Canyon. And um, yeah, I, I, it, my opinion, it was a success. It's great to hear. You had a great, great bike. What about you, Juan? Got onto that bike with your hot chest and <laughs> cold toes. <laughs> How did your bike go? <laughs> well, again, obviously I was really warm on the chest, but the bike went exactly as expected. You know, the last, coming to this race, I had no real expectations because I have not been running due to a hip injury after Santa Cruz. So then what I did the last five weeks was um, bike and swim. So I biked five to six times a week, and then I swam the same way five to six times a week. So then um, up to like last week, I saw a 10% improvement. Well, I didn't measure it, but what I felt like a 10% improvement on my power. So then I was like, I'm just, I came in, you know, like, um, basically, I was going to destroy the bike, you know, go as hard as I have ever gone into a 70.3. So that was my plan. You know, just go hard and see what the run will be like, you know, having that, learn that process to just go as hard as I could and see, since I'm a, I guess, I could, yeah, I'm a better runner than a swimmer and a cyclist. So then... Um, I basically nailed that. You know, my, my, uh, my bike power was 10% higher, uh, normalized and average, than any other 70.3 that I've done. And it felt great. You know, it was tough at, towards the end, but I think my goal was to, you know, just blow up the legs up to the top of Snow Canyon, and that's exactly how it happened. And then I just had, you know, you let 10, is it 11 miles downhill? And I just recovered the legs, spin hard, you know, 95 to 100. And I was, you know, just cruising downhill. And uh, so I think I, I, I nailed it. I nailed it. Super happy with the bike. What's like a typical 70.3 bike time for you? Mm, well, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, I had a 218. Okay. Two hours, 18 minutes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So today you did uh, 228. And on this on this course on compared the, to Santa Cruz, yeah, yeah, that's fast. And again, the, the, my power, I think my average power in Santa Cruz was like a 206, 206 average power. I can't remember the normalized, but so the average on this race was 225, 225 or 226. Yeah. So basically 10% higher. So I was like, I was, I'm stoked. You know, did, did you feel like you were passing some people? Because you came out of the swim 371st, and then you had the 52nd fastest bike. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you pass some dudes out there? <laughs> I was definitely passing people, you know, <laughs> up and down, left. Yeah. I was, Hundreds I was, at a time? Maybe? I was definitely passing people. <laughs> um, so that made it fun, you know, that actually made it fun. Um, I was just focusing on the next athlete in front of me and just, you know, catch him. 
and uh, staying on the pedals as much as I could. And, you know, I was looking at 240 watts and I was looking on the flats, you know, 240, 230s, 240s, 230s. And I knew that would, you know, come down to like about 220, which is where I wanted, wanted to be. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that's that descent down back into town is so great because you can recover the legs on that. Just spin them out and uh, yeah, keep things moving. That's one of the fun things about starting in the last wave because at the full in May, I started in the last wave. So you knew everybody you were passing, you're doing better. But obviously, anybody passing you, you knew <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're dragging a little. So yeah, that was fun. Chris, how was that descent for you? So looking at your bike time, you did a 252. Um, and how do you feel about that? I mean, I asked you a question. Now I'm asking you a totally different question, but I'll get back to the first one. Um, how do you feel about that uh, bike time now that you've uh, let go of your belief in the labyrinth in Maui? No, I was happy with it. You know, I, uh, I didn't... Coming in, I, you know, I kind of set my expectations fairly low. You know, it was kind of, this is a victory lap. I'm going to go in. I'm not going to blow up on the bike. And uh, I think I averaged 19 and a half, which um, is about maybe two miles per hour slower than um, Santa Cruz. So uh, I'm really happy with, with the 1950. I think um, the climbs were tough. I was looking at between uh, Juan and I, I think he averaged that last climb portion of snow canyon at like 12 something miles per hour and i was nine miles per hour so he was moving three miles per hour up that portion um but i was uh it was good you know i felt like i was passing people but i did feel the same way daniel felt i felt like there was a good amount of people that were just hammering the bike and typically that that's what happens to me in a race is uh they will hammer people will hammer the bike and then i end up catching those guys on the run typically so and how is that descent did you uh the word on the street is you risk it for the biscuit out there <laughs> yeah well i had to <laughs> Because I basically followed BJ the whole time during the race and uh, trying to keep him in my sight. But I knew when we hit Snow Canyon that I would not be able to keep up with him going up Snow Canyon. So I just kind of let him go, that, let that thought go. And uh, when I got to the top, though, I thought if there was any chance that I was going to see him on the run, then I just needed to drop the hammer and go as hard as I could. Um, because I probably have 40 pounds at least on him. That's really the way I was able to stay with him is on the uphills, he would pass me. And then on the downhills, I would go by him. And uh, that was the only way I could maintain it. So then when we got to that last descent, I just put it out there. And uh, I had ridden it one time this week, and it was a little gusty. So I, I was really conservative that day. But then today, I just I had the bike vibrating at some point and thinking, man, this thing's going to fall apart on me. <laughs> so it's probably the fastest I've ever gone downhill. So. Well, your bike split was a minute and like 20 seconds slower than BJ. So I think you were, yeah, hauling down that, uh, down that descent. Um, <laughs> going to send it over to you, Beej. Um, so what was, your, what was your strategy for the bike and how did it go? Uh, I wanted to take the first, <clears throat> the first 10, 15 minutes super easy. You know, I usually want to just get Minutes or miles? Minutes. 10 to 15 minutes? Yeah. Of, oh, because yeah. usually you do miles. Yeah, usually I do. My strategy changed. <laughs> yeah, you decided to condense that. Yeah. 
I just wanted to f- get my legs warmed up. Like they were super cold, even though I had knees on and socks on and jacket on and all of that. Uh, I still wanted to get my legs warmed up. Um, I'm still, you know, working through some fatigue from from Kona, um, which really showed up today. I felt that. Um, but yeah, after that, I just kind of like found my own groove and I went back to my, my, um, my mantra, which I used in Kona, which was uh, patience, presence, calm. Patience, presence, calm. Like for me to run strong off the bike right now, I need to hold, I need to hold back on the bike some. Um, but I just, I, I turned off any information or feedback and I was just riding how I felt. Just kept it smooth. And um, I think it was around mile 30 when Chris and I were jockeying when I, because fi- he was in front of me some, I mean, sometime up, in, up until then too. So we were kind of jockeying. Uh, there was just, just this group of riders and I just wanted to like get past them. And that was like, I think it was mile 30. So I just went past them and then I never kind of led up after that. I didn't keep that surge, but I kind of just dialed it into pace and, um, took it all the way to Snow Canyon and just kind of found a nice, smooth groove going up Snow Canyon. And I think having other riders there are such a good, such a good, um, give you some good insight into the contrast. So I see riders like shifting and pivoting and moving their body and I see people's legs go out to the right and and I that really brings me into focus of what how am I doing my body? Like what am I doing? Am I being calm? Am I being rigid with my or hitched up with my with my pedal stroke? So I just got really smooth all the way up and I took it all the way to the top until I got to the top past the little booth there and it's, that's when I was going to take my ibuprofen. And I took out the little packet and it slipped and fell on the ground. So I had to stop the bike because it was important to me. And I brought four of them and I was only going to take two, but I took all four. Um, don't normally do that. Uh, and then I just kind of took it out to the, yeah, the descent is just awesome. My goal during that descent was not to, you know, go super crazy. I wanted to like be manageable because I was unsure how the wind was going to be because those gusts can be. It can be pretty crazy. And that's when you use the other riders in front of you to kind of see how they're managing their bike. And the two guys in front of me both had disc wheels and they were on the hoods. So I was wondering like maybe it's just the disc wheel that's moving them a little bit. So I sort of stayed in the in the, in the uh, arrow position. I was fine. Yeah, and I think we saw that the other day with Juan out there uh, on that descent. Uh, you were out there with one of our teammates, Austin, and I think he saw the wind gust come over and uh, he was able to adjust. So... Um but Beach, let's stay with you. So how did you feel? Let's move into the run. And then we've got some, uh, just a few other questions to uh, to wrap this up. So tell us about your run. How'd you feel coming off the bike? You, you mean, you looked pretty joyful. I kept getting videos of you just like <laughs> fists in the air, um, big celebratory smiles. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just people feed off of that. They, they just love it. You're such a joy out there. Well, as a spectator... For a lot of events too, I love to like cheer people on, and when you get that reaction back, it's kind of cool. You know, not so much game face like, and I've been in that role before. Um, and just having these two championships, just really like celebrate, just be joyful. Like, I'm gonna go as hard as I can, but you can also be engaging into the crowd too. That's my choice. You know, not everybody. 
Yeah, I mean, and let's be real. Like the second lap, it wasn't as you know, arms getting thrown in the air. No, and things like I was that. down to business. Yeah, yeah you were a little sure. game facey. Yeah, it's like let's go. <laughs> uh, but the run was great. It was so good to have Chris there. Like we were able to run for the first few miles together. What? Yeah, you guys. We were all just like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like you guys were just out for like a long Saturday training mm-hmm. race today because you were just side by side the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was just. When you have a partner, you can feed off that energy. You just you get to business. You just, you know, hitch on and you just hang on as long as you can. I do it with other runners too. You find somebody going by and you you hang on. Well, yeah, I was really trying to Christian uh, Blumenfeld behind <laughs> Gustav like in Hawaii and just hang on as long as I possibly could and let him break all the wind and do all the work. <laughs> and uh, then he hit that hill in the golf course and turned it on. And uh, yeah, I had no hope. So I had to cut back a little bit. <laughs> that hill. Yeah. That I was just telling someone about that. Um, but that hill was just really comes to a point where you know, I, I run a lot of hills. I do a lot of hill repeats. And so I've been in this this uh, this belief that I should ease up on the hill and then cruise it. And I'm like, no, you run hills. So I go and attack hills now. So that's what I do. I attack the hill. I was going to say, BJ loves to attack the hills. I was following him at Mendocino 50K. And as soon as we hit the hills, phew, BJ's gone. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Daniel. I love having you guys with me, though. <laughs> um, that golf course is super fun. Uh, I, I loved the undulations, uh, the ups and downs. And comparing it to Indian Wells, I like this course a lot better on the golf course. It just seemed like there was a nice smooth pavement. Um, I feel like Indian Wells, from my, what I, my recollection, is just a little more rigidy. Um, a little uneven, but yeah, the golf course was awesome. And then just once you hit that final hill in the golf course on the far side, you go downhill, run across the grass, and then you pop out onto a road and then it's downhill all the way to the park, the furthest point of the park. Yeah. So it it was awesome. And then I, you know, second lap was a little bit slower, but I still kept that momentum going, going down that exit of the golf course and actually two guys who I had hitched onto in the golf course for a mile when we exited I was like come on guys we got three miles to go let's let's just keep keep this pace up and I guess it's sort of a selfish ploy because I was like I'm gonna take the lead here right I'm gonna go you guys have helped me I'm gonna go so you can come with me and I heard one guy behind me for a little while, at least not a little while, like one or two miles, but then um, they weren't there. You know, but that's racing, right? Like it's fun to be competitive. Mm-hmm. There's got to be someone who's in front of you and there's got to be somebody who's behind you. And I think it's, I think I love that part of it, right? Like being, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes we hide behind this, like I'm competitive with myself, but no, like be competitive with the other yep. people that are out there. It's a race. For sure. Have fun with it. But I'm looking at your splits right now and you know, you're, you were really solid. Um, there was no like big drop off or anything like that, but you ended up with a 139.47 run. How do you feel about that? I feel extremely happy. Extremely happy, satisfied. My one goal on the run was to not mess around in the, I was going to say something else, but mess around in the aid stations. I was a pro in the aid stations. I, I think back to that. It was Holly Lawrence. 
somewhere. I forgot where. And she was just like throwing cups. So when I was going into the aid station, it was like I'm bobbing between people. I need water, water, cola, water. And I was gone. And I think, again, the thing that helped too is you didn't need ice to, to pour down your shirt or hat. So I kept things moving. There was one moment I stopped for like three or four seconds at an aid station. Um, but I just moved through them. I was like ticking them off. Like, don't mess around. Just get through it. Juan, we haven't talked about your run yet, right? Juan floats in the air. Mm-hmm. He's just an incredible runner. Definitely your best. Um, out of the three disciplines. So tell us how your run went today after smashing that bike. I would also say, add um, about Juan, is that he is um, maybe even sometimes more superior in the joy department uh, on the run than BJ. Uh, you guys are, I'd like to see maybe a mano y mano on that because... Uh, one, you're always like, you're very animated out there and you're responsive when people are cheering you on. Um, you had a stellar run today, 126.55 off a bike that you crushed um, off of not really running. So how does that, yeah, how do you feel about that run today? <laughs> I feel really, really, really happy. I mean, I'm just stoked about that run. But yeah, going back to what, what you just said, I feed off of people. I feed off of people immensely on the bike and on the run, you know, like at least five or six times on the bike. I was, you know, just lifting my hands up in the air and just, you know, feeding off of people and just screaming and yelling. And, you know, so I just yeah, I just I love it. You know, it's, it's the fun part of the race. You know, obviously you go you want to see how you do and, and, and you see your numbers and and race day, you know, all that hype. Um, but I, during the race, I really f- feed off of other people's energy. And I just, it's one of the best experiences for me during each and every every race that I do. But just real quick, because I forgot, during the bike, I absolutely love the bike course. I love this bike course. It's challenging. It's tough. But I forgot to say, it's an awesome bike course. It's, it's still fast. It's, you know, changes directions, changes paths. It's just super, super fun. I mean, incredible. I was not expecting that. Obviously, we got to ride the other day with you guys, Snow Canyon, and it was awesome. You know, I got to lift my head up and stuff. And I knew what was coming today, but it was, it's just absolutely awesome bike. For me, it just went by super fast, super quick. And obviously, I was, you know, catching up to people, but I just enjoyed it so so much so then back with the run um as you mentioned you i haven't been able to run um well this is actually my first run in five weeks no running at all so that's why my plan going into it was no expectations on the on the run and just i wanted to see i I used this as a test to see where what i could do for next year just go as you know as hard as i could on the bike and see what that felt on, like on the run. And I'm super happy with the result because I know now what I can do off of a really hard bike, you know, really, really hard bike. So, um, yeah, I like the time, you know. Um, what, is, what was it, 126 you, you mentioned? Yeah, it was a 126.55. Yeah, I mean, so super, six thirty-eight, six 6.38 minute mile and... Um, your last check was a 557. 
Mm-hmm. So, so coming off the bike again, I did not know what to expect. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was thinking about my hip and what that was going to be like. And as soon as I started running, you know, as I'm running through the crowds and everything, I again lifted my hands up in the air. And I was like, let's go, you know, let's go. And then I turn left and I see Daniel. And I, hey, Daniel. And then, uh, you know, I just went uphill and I was like, oh, this this feels all right. I think it's going to be at least I'm, I'm able to run. You know, I'm not seems like I'm not going to be walking back towards the uh, finish line with no medal, you know. So I started going uphill. It felt good. Um, and then it got a little flat, you know, the, that little... A false flat, and I was like, okay, I started moving, and then I knew what to expect on the golf course, and I knew there was like a couple punchy sections that, as BJ uh, described, and I got through those, and then I was just flying through the golf course, just absolutely flying. You know, I I, I looked at my watch, I was like, oh, 535s, and I was like, whoa, okay, hip is holding well, <laughs> it's holding, <clears throat> so... From there, um, nutrition, stay on the nutrition, you know, solid. The stomach was doing well, took a lot of water. I mixed it up, as I usually do. A lot of water, a lot of gels, a lot of cola, a lot of Red Bull. So I did the whole thing, just just like BJ, no ice, no ice. (laughs) It wasn't needed today. Um, So then I kept going downhill and I was passing through the crowds again. I see Daniel again and I arms go up in the air and I feed off the crowd one more time. I'm like, okay, I'm almost halfway there. So then we go through the park. That was a little tough. And then coming back up to the to the roundabout, that's when things got really serious. You know, I was okay, I gotta do this again, you know, and I'm like, so I started, I did slow down a bit. At that point I started slowing down, like most people probably. And then, uh, so going back up again, my hamstrings were not firing. Actually, during the whole race, since I haven't used them in five weeks, hamstrings were pretty flat. But again, the uh, my quads were solid, you know, solid, solid, absolutely, you know, basically indestructible <laughs> because of all that bike and, and the trail running that I had done, you know, months ago. So then got through the climbs, went up to the golf course, and I was like, wait, this is it. I'm done. You know, at that point, I thought I'm done. And I looked at my watch, and I was averaging 644 at that point, 644 or 46, somewhere around there. So I was like, you know what? This is downhill. I'm going to, I want the 630s. I want to see 630s on my watch at the finish line. And from there, I just you know, fired up, boom, didn't even think about it. And I was just passing more people, boom, boom, boom. And at the end, it uh, seemed like um, this one guy, we're playing, you know, we're, we're racing each other, basically. And he would pass me and I would pass him and he would pass me. And at the very end, I found that that was his first loop. <laughs> he goes, right, I'm like, dude, I'm about to beat you on a sprint finish right now. And you're going, right? Come on. <laughs> So then I was like, okay, I got the red carpet for myself. Okay, well, I'll do this. Let's go. So then 
for the last time, hands go up in the air. I'm screaming, I'm laughing, I'm smiling, and I see the finish line, and I just, boom, you know? Go Amazing. through the finish line and super, super happy. Yeah, great. I mean, you did a 438-38 on a championship, legit championship course. I mean, it's just beautiful. And like Daniel said, you I love to see you run. You just, you do, you, he floats. It's beautiful. Um, and I never would have known that you hadn't run for five weeks. Um, Chris, let's move it over to your run. How'd it go? That's not fair. You should have gone last. You can't have the slowest guy go last. It's like the closing act being the worst act of the night. No. Uh, you know, coming off the bike and seeing BJ in transition really uh, kind of fired me up. I felt good. I was like, all right, I'm excited to be able to run with him. And uh, we came out and... I've had a lot of problems with kind of my lower ab area, kind of um, uh, below my belly button, um, kind of just being very painful. It hurts to run fast, and I've struggled with that for months. And today, in the last week or so, I've really focused on rolling the ball, just um, trying to loosen it up. And it, it, it definitely improved because uh, over the last week, it's, it feels better. But um, yeah, running with BJ was amazing. And uh, I, t- I told BJ I just needed to run with him because everybody was cheering for him. Everybody knows BJ. So I'm just like, I'm going to run with you because I'm, uh, I'm getting the bonus cheers because they see you. And uh, we made it all the way to that first really kind of punchy hill in the golf course. And I realized that I, I didn't think I could hold that pace and uh, not fall apart or walk at some point. So I just decided to let him go and really just focus on maintaining um, and focus on trying to stay under, uh, Juan's talking about five minute miles. Uh, I'm trying to stay under eight minute miles. (laughs) 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 Just floating along at eight minute miles. And uh, it it was a struggle. I mean, it it was a struggle, a mental struggle to want to stop, want to walk, want to, um, but just, tried to fight through and keep fighting through. And my goal coming into this was um, it would have been nice to, you know, hit five. If I, if I did 530 for the race, that was a success um, on this course for me with the, the amount of hills and things like that. Uh, that was my goal. And I know. And I, and I, I came in at 522, which was awesome. Um, and believe me, I was gaming that the whole way. I was watching and figuring out how fast I had to run and doing the math and, and realized once I got to that last top of the golf course that um, I just, you know, it's fairly easy to run. I mean, for me, run eight minute miles downhill, right? So in that, just I, I really just had to cruise all the way back and try not to cramp, try not to have any issues and... And yeah, I, uh, I ended up stopping one time to uh, go to the bathroom because I, I hadn't gone to the bathroom all day. And uh, so I did take a quick porta potty break just to, uh, um, to, to pee real quick. And that actually, I feel like, you know, that however long it was, felt like 10 minutes, but, you know, 30 seconds or whatever, you come out of the bathroom and you're just like, ah, oh, I'm so refreshed. And that's, uh, why that, you, that's why you stopped moving on the tracker. We're like, yeah. Chris, stop moving. What happened? <laughs> it probably was a 10 minute pee. 
<laughs> yeah, so that helped a lot because um, I felt way more comfortable at that point. And uh, yeah, no, the goal was 5.30 and uh, I'm really happy with, uh, I ran 8.15s basically, which is the same I ran in, I had a really rough race in Santa Cruz, but I ran basically 8.15s, the same that I did there. And that for me, that's a success. So Chris, what, what was your big success today? Like what did you do really well? Wow. Um, well, I felt, you know, I had success in the swim. You know, I, I, I did not, there was no panics other than I choked at one point due to a wave. But, you know, the, the swim was super, super smooth. And that's really been something that um, provides me the most anxiety going into a race since coming back to triathlon is panicking on, on the swim. And I felt like it was just super smooth, never a moment other than, you know, when I choked a little bit, but never a moment, a question of that. I can't, I can't do this. You know, I got to get out of this wetsuit or, you know, any of that. So that was amazing. And then I think the, uh, the other thing I'll say there's two was, um, completing the bike course, um, as well as I did, you know, I had a lot of doubts going into this kind of just setting expectations that, um, you know, hopefully I can have a, three hour bike or I can, you know, it was just, you know, my, my expectations were very low on the bike and, uh, you know, I felt like I got through it fairly successful. So I think that was the highlight was the bike. Awesome. BJ, we're going to move to you. (laughs) Either before, during, or after, was there any mental challenges? that just kind of like you had to work through? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. You know, the cold obviously was, was something I was working through. I also am experiencing my first venture into losing toenails after Kona. So I was very concerned about what would happen to them (laughs) because there's one that's going to fall off. And I wasn't sure if, ah, actually, I wasn't sure if I chose the right shoes because the shoes are very, you know, soft up top. Um, If I would feel the pain because the pain of those toes the few days after was really, was really extreme. So yeah, I think that was, that was, probably it although during the race i'll be honest thinking about doing an ironman in three weeks um really was was bringing was bringing the real situation i was in today to light like wow if, if i'm you know not thriving today like how do i expect to you know perform the way i want to do at ironman arizona in three weeks so and in any of these moments, as you may know, it's about how I'm gonna how I'm gonna navigate the moments. How how do I how do I not let the thought grab hold of me so that it consumes me and turns into um, turns into something that I just don't want to focus on. And so, yeah, I constantly pulled myself back and said, "Ironman Arizona isn't today, so I just need to be here today." But I think, that, yeah, I didn't, other than that, I didn't really have have much. I think those are three good mental challenges. Yeah, I think the, um, like the, oh my God, I have to do this again. And 
it's completely irrelevant to the moment that you're in. Totally different race, totally different state, totally different month. Like none of it is right now, but the mind will go there, right? That part of you that even in a moment, like trying to keep you safe and and then it's thinking about something that you're going to do that's double. Um, yeah, I think that those are those are quite significant mental challenges today. I had a similar experience when I did Oregon and I was like, how am I going to do Lake Placid in, in four weeks? <laughs> like, I, you know, when you're in that like pain moment and you're just like, and it's not going the way that you think it should have gone or there's body sensations and then you're thinking about doing a full, like I can't even do a 70.3 without like getting through. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big mental challenge. All right, we're going to wrap it up with you, Juan. Is there anything that you would have done differently today? Toe warmers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anything different, different. Um, Maybe a better, a better warm-up. But I mean, you know, the, the, uh, just the, the way this, this race starts, you know, the, the way the swim is set up. I mean, it's 40, you know, 40, f- upwards of 4,000, you know, males racing today. So there's no chance to warm up in the water. There's very limited space to, you know, do a, a, a jog or a warm up. I think I, I should have used maybe some bands, brought some bands with me for the warm up. Um, this is my first race, my first time racing here. So now if I come back, you know, I know, I know what to expect, you know, because we all plan to come back to a world championship, right, guys? <laughs> We're going to, yeah, hey, it's got <laughs> to make it. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the one because I think the swim was rough for me and I think in my body does take a while to warm up. It does take me, take me a while. So lesson learned, you know, I'll, I'll be more prepared for next time. And real quick, I just want to take a shot at the question that, that you just um, made to Chris. And it's something that I want to share with the audience as well. Because just like Chris, Chris and I, we were talking about it. You know, we all get so focused on the race itself. You know, I want to do this, make this time. And I want to do my best run and not blow up. And, oh, you know, I want to place 10, you know top 10 or top 30 or, you know, top 100, you know, we all have that in our minds. And for me, and I know Chris has his side of the story as well, for me, not running for five weeks and also peaking, my plan, my my, my calendar, I was peaking for Santa Cruz and I got second place edge group and a PR and it was a great race. You know, it, it went super, super well. So trying to basically peak again for this race, it was going to be tough. I know Santa Cruz is not an Ironman, but at the same time, to stay in shape, you know, recover well and stay at that peaking phase, I mean, it's, I mean, it could go, you know, it could, it couldn't. But then after my injury, once I came out of that race, I did a 50K. Again, this year I've been trying a bunch of things. So I did a 50K and came out with an injury. So then I was like, you know, I'm not going to peak, but I can maintain. See how well I can maintain with a lot of bike, a lot of swim. And my focus on the race was, you know, 
it was probably like a B race. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was just a race. I understand it's a world championship, and everybody would be like, "Oh, dude, it's a world championship. Come on, come. You don't have a, a goal time. You're not. You don't want a podium, whatever." And I'm like, "No, man. I mean, at this point, it's my A race was was Santa Cruz. So this is just a cherry, you know, the cherry on, on top." So my focus was, as I mentioned before, strong bike and just test myself and come up with some kind of learning so that this race, so well, actually next race, I can apply my learnings from this race, a world championship for next year. So next year, I'm, I'm looking forward. You know, I'm, I, I'm taking so much from this race. So, so much. Not just a 50 seconds or whatever, you know, or a 438 or whatever. I'm taking so much learning that it's just going to make me such you know, way, way better athlete for next year. So <laughs> 2023, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's, um, let's just go around to the three of you as, uh, as our final question, wrap this up just real quick. And we'll start with you, Juan, because you just kind of perked this answer up in my mind is what did you learn about yourself today? That I can bike so hard and I can run fast. <laughs> love it. No, yeah. I love it. That's perfect. Chris? Chris, you're the perfect follow-up. Here you go. Thank you, Juan. I got a stuff going after you. Uh, no, I think uh, I, one, stop, stop setting limitations, right? It's like judging a cover, right? Judging the cover of a book. Well, I can't even say it now. I'm too tired. But basically, you know, setting those expectations and possibly setting them too low um, before going in into a race. And on the other side, um, as, as much as I was hurting on the run, um, that, you know, the, it's, it's truly as mental, right? You can, you can keep pushing. You're not hurting that bad. I'm not injured. I'm not, it's just suffering, right? And it's all how you frame that in your mind. Um, and yeah, my goal is not to walk and, uh, I never walked, so. I learned that, um, man, I miss Clark when I leave in the morning. <laughs> I just want to spend the time in bed with him. I don't want to go race. Clark's our dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is one thing. Um, you know, I learned that uh, I'm, I'm dialing in this, in this nutrition and it's, it's becoming a non, not that it was a factor before, but it's like this formula I've got working is working really well and I feel good after the race and the days after the race. So it's not just helping me perform really well, but it's actually already jump-starting recovery for the next day. What's the formula? So the formula is goo roctane energy drink um, mixed with the right stuff. Yeah, it is. So today I took in uh, so three four, five, six, upwards of six, 7,000, maybe more than 7,000 milligrams of sodium today, even though it wasn't a hot day. But it really like, I I'm, I'm feel good. Like I feel, I don't feel wrecked. And I feel like that has jump-started the lead, you know, now into Arizona. But on the day I didn't have any, and I was taking in cola, of course. So I was mixing it with a few things. But yeah, I think, I think um, dialing in that nutrition, I'm, I'm going to keep fine-tuning this. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. That was awesome. Loved it. Daniel, you want to take us out? I just wanted to chime really quick on something that Juan and 
course, we're talking about, but today totally was a celebration. Like, and we do that as a team, Yogi Triathlete. We don't call it a race. It's celebration day. And I think going in with that mindset, you know, you can have your goals, like everybody had their goals here, but that didn't hinder them from celebrating all day long and having fun and just going out there and being their best. So I think that's what's really important here is that it was, you know, and I was on the sidelines and I had a blast watching it all unfold. So thank you guys for putting on a good show. Thank you for being an awesome co-host. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in. And if there's any questions that we left unturned for you, please drop them uh, anywhere to our email, to the Instagram post, direct message us, whatever. And we'll dig into those for you uh, soon. Thanks again.